Hey there. I am so glad that you have joined us today. Today we're going to hear a message by our pastor entitled Faith Beyond Our Circumstances. This is an explosive and powerful message that I know will touch you and lift you up and encourage you. You know, faith is the fuel that gets us through life. And when we have faith that is beyond our circumstances, there is no limitation to what God can do to us and through us. Here at the River of Portland, we have a God that is limitless, and he will do limitless things for us as well. We encourage you to come and join us one Sunday here, be in our sanctuary, feel the presence of the Lord, and see exactly what everybody's been talking about. So God bless you, have a great day, and enjoy the sermon. You may be seated. Isn't it good to be able to come in the house of the Lord and praise the Lord? Praise God. I shared with, I was talking to Billy the other day, and you know, if you turn on the news, it's all bad news. Somebody's killing somebody, and there's shooting and cuttings and stabbings and all kinds of stuff. It's all bad news. And they want to publicize the bad people. But I can tell you this, there's more of us than it is of them. And there's more good people in the world than it is evil people. The problem is, us good people have not come out of the closet. We need to come out of the closet and let them know who we are. It's almost like the, 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 you know, we ain't going to take it no more. And it's time the church stands up. So, But anyway, I knew this message was for somebody today because I talked to someone for the church. Uh, but I'm ministering on faith beyond your circumstances. Now, we've all been faced with circumstances. Uh, maybe I'm the only one, but we've all been faced with circumstances, and we don't know how we're going to get out of them. The circumstance looks bigger than what we believe. We want to believe, but the circumstance looks so bad. Hebrews eleven six, the Bible says this, But without faith... It is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. This is the biggest two words in the Bible. And we have to grasp it. He is. What is it? He is able to get you whatever you need. Biggest two words in the Bible is He is. And it says He is. And it says who He comes to Him must believe that He is rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. Now, I'm not real smart, but I looked up that word diligently. It means to come with Him with great persistence and dedication. Now, we're wanting to get something from God, and, uh, you know, we, we treat God like Shonies. Well whatever, well, whatever it is now, I'll go back to Shonies, but... Uh, uh, restaurants or whatever. We just go when we feel like we, we, maybe we're hungry, we'll go. And so we're not diligently seeking Him. We're not committed to Him. And we wonder why God doesn't do anything for us. I tell you why He don't know you. And so we say we're going to diligently seek Him. That's to come to Him with persistence, to keep persistent and coming to Him. And so we're going to start this morning in Mark chapter 5. 
you got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I'm going to read several scriptures here. Uh, the Bible says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And behold, verse 22, And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now I want you to get him. This is Jairus. This is a religious man. He has a he has the right to come to Jesus because he 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 is the ruler of the synagogue. Jesus knows who he is, and and Jairus came and begged him, say, saying, "My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come lay your hands on her that she may he be healed and live." So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him. Now, a certain woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians, she had spent all she had and was no better and grew worse. Now, I want you to understand that this woman is not a, 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 a follower of Jesus. She just hears about Jesus. Now, we know that faith comes by hearing. Uh, that it, it, you've got to hear first. The woman heard that Jesus was coming. Now, let me put you, show you where this woman is operating in. Turn to, hold your place. Turn over to Leviticus 15. Now, here is this woman. In Leviticus 15, verse 25. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, other than the time of her customary impurity... Or if it runs by her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be days of her customary impurity. She shall be unclean. Now, here's this woman that comes to Jesus. She's not authorized to come to Jesus. In other words, she is a woman and she has a, 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 a flow of blood. In other words, in the Bible days... This woman uh, was ostracized. In other words, in Bible days, if she came out of her house, she had to announce that she was impure. Could nobody get by her or, or touch her or whatever. So this woman has spent 12 years with this issue of blood. Now, she hears that Jesus is coming down the road. Jesus is going to Jairus' house to heal the little girl. But this woman heard that Jesus was there. So the Bible says that when she heard that Jesus was coming, she said this. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now let me tell you something. How did she touch his garment? The Bible says there was thousands or how many, I don't know, thronging him. This woman wasn't going to get to Jesus. I can tell you how she came to Jesus. She got down on her knees and she crawled. She earnestly and diligently came looking for a miracle. She got down low enough that all she touched was a hem of his garment. Well, let me tell you something, honey. That's all it took. Because that woman came in faith because she's already said, if I can just get to him, I don't know how I'm going to get to him, but if I can get to him and touch his garment, I'm going to be made well. Faith got her a miracle. Now here's what she said. 
when she heard about Jesus, she came and touched his garment because she said, If only I may touch his clothes. She had more faith than the disciples and everybody else that was walking with Jesus. All she did was had heard about Jesus and that he was a miracle worker. The Bible says immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around and said, Who touched me? And the disciples said this, What do you mean who touched you? My God, there's thousands touching you. There's all kinds of people touching you. He said, Oh, somebody touched me with faith. Somebody grabbed a hold of me that believed that I was able to do it, bless God. There's thousands that are strong in me, but they ain't come to me with this kind of faith. This woman got down and believed that if she could get to Jesus, that she could get her miracle. Let me tell you something. When, you, when you've been flowing blood for 12 years, you'll do some things that you might not normally do. When you get desperate enough, when you get desperate enough to believe that God can do something... You'll step out and do something, bless God. It's like this woman right here, sitting right there in that blue coat here. You know, we've had miracles in this church. Here's a woman sitting right there in that blue whatever you got on. Came to this church. Heard the word that Jesus is still a healer. She came out of a church where the pastor wouldn't pray for her. But thank God she drove down the road one day to some Holy Ghost preacher who believed God that God could heal her, bless God. I'm not telling you something that ain't true. I'm telling you that she testified in this church for ten years. She'd had a uh, whatever it was in your been taking medicine for ten years, right? One touch from the Holy Ghost, bless God, and a woman believing God that one touch, and she got walked out of here, went back to the doctor. Am I telling the truth? Went back to the doctor, and it's gone, bless God. Don't tell me Jesus is not a healer. Don't tell me Jesus can't do what you need done, bless God. I got a woman this morning come in church, right before church, come in my office, and, and to Brother Herb, uh, I'm a little upset. The doctor says this, and I gotta have this, and I gotta do this. I said, You in the right, this morning is your morning. If we could get where we could just believe, bless God. But this woman believed. And so when she came and she heard about Jesus and she touched his garment and Jesus said, No, somebody touched me. But look what Jesus said. In verse 34, and he said to her, now what, now I'm going to turn back to verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith, it ain't me, I'm Jesus. It wasn't my faith. It didn't have nothing to do with me. It didn't have nothing to do with Jesus. It said, your faith. Daughter, your faith made you well. Go in peace 
and be healed of your affliction. So we see here that she, beyond her circumstance, believed that there was somebody somewhere that could take care of her problem. So she's in, can you imagine this? Now, I've shared this story, but we got some people in here that hadn't heard this story. But I shared this story. My wife and I were in Panama. And so uh, uh, we were doing a revival. And this lady come up that night at the revival, and she got a, 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 a big belly. It was as big as Cassie's when Cassie was pregnant. That's a big belly. And this woman would come up, and I asked Arturo, the interpreter, I said, what is the problem? And she said, was it 14 years, hon? I can't remember. Like 14 years. I can't remember the exact year. But, uh, but, but she said, uh, I had a tumor for 14 years. Now, in Panama and Central America, they didn't have, they, they, can't, they don't operate on them. So you just die. I mean, there's not medical science back then when we were in the 90s like it is today. And she said she had a tumor. Fourteen years she had a tumor. I thought she was pregnant. Our tumor said, no, she's got a tumor. Fourteen years, I think it was, that she had a tumor. And she said through the interpreter, I believe God will heal me. Well, that's okay. I mean, uh, yeah. So she said... The woman said, I believe God will heal me. I told Becky, I said, come here, darling. Put your hand on her stomach. We prayed and commanded that tumor to come out of her belly. You know what happened? Nothing. She went home. You know what happened the next night at the revival? I saw this woman come in the back. Had on a nice dress, and I thought, well, seemed like I know that woman. And so I asked Arturo, I said, Arturo, uh, I, I don't, is that woman been here before? He said, oh, Pastor, said, that's the woman that you prayed for last night. I said, is that right? Yeah. I said, bring her up here. She come up here, her belly is flat as mine. Well, <laughs> Well, let me rephrase this. It, it's flat as Michael's. I'll put it that way. And so uh, I said, well, t- have her testify. Our tour asked said, well, what happened? She said, I got prayed for her last night and went home. said, I believe God's going to heal me. She said, about midnight. You know what happens about midnight. She said, about midnight... I passed through my bowels the tumor. Totally passed through my bowels. The tumor left. Now you tell me a lot of things, but you can't tell me Jesus ain't a healer. Well, was it anything we did? Absolutely nothing. The woman had already said and confessed that she was going to be healed. And it happened. So here's this woman got her miracle because of her right confession. And just like I said about those who come to Jesus must believe that He is, they come diligently seeking Him, looking for Him.
Amen? Now, well, what kind of faith are we talking about? We're talking about mountain-moving faith. We're talking about faith when it looks like the impossible, when it looks like nothing is going to happen, when it looks like all hope is lost. We're talking about mountain-moving faith. Now, turn to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter. Now, these are the nine gifts of the Spirit that we're talking about. Now, you know... In 1 Corinthians 12, we're talking about, this is talking about the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts. Now, do you know that every one of you that's born again has the capacity to operate in these nine gifts? Jesus operated only seven of them. You're, you're capable of operating in all nine gifts. Jesus operated in seven of them. He did not operate in tongues or interpretation of tongues because the Holy Ghost had not come yet to fill the people with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Am I, am I right? Now, Jerry, you're a Bible scholar. You, am, am I telling the truth? And so, uh, so now we come here and we're looking at the nine gifts. So then we have the opportunity to operate in all nine gifts. Every one of you can operate in this. Would somebody get me a sweat rag? I forgot to bring any up here, but, well, I got three or four here. Good. <laughs> now, we're looking at talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, here they are. Verse 8. Well, now, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one of you, can operate in these nine gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirit, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. That's the nine gifts of the Spirit. Now, the one I want to zero in on is faith. Verse 9. To another faith. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about mountain-moving faith. I'm not talking about faith that got you saved. That's a different faith. Uh, uh, because when you come to Jesus, you have faith to believe that Jesus is, that He's the Savior, He's the rewarder, and all of that. And you accept Jesus by faith. Now, this faith here is supernatural faith. Now, we all can operate in it, but not all operate in it. There is times in your life when you have to hook up with somebody you believe that operates in this faith. This faith that I'm talking about here supersedes saving faith. This is faith that will get you your miracle. And sometimes you have to do the prayer of agreement... See, that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, it, it, it would be like this. And we're talking about a prayer of agreement where two people agree. Because the Bible says if two agree concerning anything will be done. Uh, it, it would be like this. Somebody would come up and they would say, Now, Pastor, I want you to agree with me that I'm going to get a Mercedes. <laughs> so I'm not going to agree with you because I don't know anything about you, but I would ask a couple of questions maybe. 
Now, how would I agree with you that you would get a Mercedes and you've got a credit score of, of 325? <laughs> now, I'd be a real idiot, right? Now, Pastor, I want you to agree with me now. Well, I said, well, now, what's your credit score? Well, it's 325. I said, how in God's name do you think I'm going to, I ain't going to waste my time agreeing with you, knowing you ain't going to get to Mercedes. But if we come with something that we can agree upon, you can come and say, now, Pastor, I need this and, and thus, 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 and thus, and I've prayed about it, and I've fasted about it, and I believe God wants me to have this, whatever it might be. Not somebody's husband, but, you know, uh, uh, something else. And so I can agree with you, and my faith, hooked up to your faith, will create the woman with the issue of blood's faith. But it's got, got to be according to the Word. And then what happens is, uh, most people disqualify themselves when they leave the church. Because we come back, okay, I, I got a headache. What I got prayed for? Man, man, I feel good now. Walk right outside the door and your head starts aching. What do you do? Well, I didn't get nothing. You know what? You didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get nothing. Not before, but, but, but what you do, you walk outside that door and that symptom come back and you say, now get off of my body. You, 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 you got to leave. But I'm talking about faith where we can believe. Now, I can, I, I can believe for a lot of stuff. I have believed for children, believe me or not. I have prayed for people to have, to have children. I prayed for a pastor and his wife. They had a boy and, 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 and they wanted a, 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 another baby. And so I was doing a, a revival at his church and, and John said, uh, uh, we, we, we really want to, want a, uh, another baby. I said, well, what, what, what have you done? I don't, not, not, wait a minute, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I said, have you made any preparation for the baby? He said, like what? I said, well, I said, you wanting a baby? I said, have you got the room ready for the baby? Well, I, no, Pastor, I ain't done nothing. I said, you ain't going to get no baby. I said, here's what you do. I said, you go home and you get you a baby bed and set it up in the room. Put you some little uh, knickknacks up on the wall. Welcome home, baby, or whatever it might be. I said, you get your, you gotta get the nursery ready before you get the baby. And so, sure enough, I, my wife testified, sure enough, he goes home, and, 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 and he gets, uh, he, he gets the room ready, he sets up the baby bed, about, about a month later, I get a telephone call. I look at the caller ID, John Hyde. He said, uh, brother Herb, I said, you don't have to tell me nothing. He said, Donna's pregnant. I said, I knew it. I said, but I'll tell you what. I said, suppose you hadn't heard. They've been trying for years. And he's a preacher. And so they had the baby. So we're talking about a different kind of faith here. Now, 
Turn to um, Luke, the 10th chapter, and that's where we're going to finish up here this morning. Luke, the 10th chapter. Is there anybody here this morning that's believing for something that you hadn't received that you want to receive? Well, I got one person. Well, we just pray for one then. I'm believing that God's going to do something for somebody medically this morning to get you out of your doldrums. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. Sometimes we do stupid stuff. I went out there, you know, to VA hospital three or four weeks ago. They called me, uh, called me on telephone. Well, Pastor, you got your potassiums up, bloods up, this up, this up, all this kind of stuff. Said uh, 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 we need to hook you up with a um, um, t- people tell you how to eat, whatever it is, nutritionists. I told Becky, I said, I, I, I figure to take care of this stuff. I figure to take care of it. I guess y'all can tell I've lost a lot of weight. <laughs> I said, I'm going to take care of this stuff. I came home. I said, okay. I'm not drinking another cold drink. Amen. I'm not drinking no more of them. I'm drinking water. And I found some kind of little lemon drink. It's 10 calories. So I, I found that. And so I said, now I'm going to start grazing. Y'all know what that is? Grazing. I eat a little every day. Just a little bit every day. And so, uh, and then I said, and you know what I started doing? I started talking to the blood. Well, I see y'all ain't got this. I said, I started talking to my blood. I said, now blood, now I'm going to do my part. Now what you've got to do is do your part. And I ain't having that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to operate with diabetes. And I'm not going to do this and all this. So I just started talking to it. And in, 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 in two weeks, after doing my part, everything normal. Two weeks. But here's what, and I know some of y'all are going to do it today. You're going to go out today and you're going to go to Crackle House. And and and, uh, 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 and 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 you're gonna eat a big meal, and you're gonna get a hot fudge Sunday after the meal, and you're gonna wonder why your calories shot up, right? Well, I didn't get no. I, well, I'm I'm meddling. But anyway, look what he said here in Luke the tenth. Now Jesus said this because this is in the red. He said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and look, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. So here is Jesus has given this to the church. He said, I'm going to give you the authority. Well, what do you got to do? You got to take the authority. Now, I was over in Gallatin this week. Here's the, I'm going to give you a definition of authority. I was in Gallatin this week going down the road with my little bride. And so they come out of the um, graveyard over there, had, had a funeral. 
And there's about a, a five foot seven woman deputy sheriff. About 130 pounds. She's standing out in the middle of the road. She's got her hand up. Now, do you think she has power to stop them cars? No, but she has the authority. That's what authority is. Jesus has given you the authority over the power of the enemy. That little girl didn't have no authority. I mean, didn't have no power. But she was backed up by the authority of the county. They gave her the right to put up her hand and stop every car that was coming. Don't you understand Jesus has given you the same authority? You have a right, bless God, to put your hand up. You have the authority over your body. And so you have the right to say, look, you can't live here. You cannot live here in my body. You must vacate. It's no vacancy for you. But what happens is we don't exercise our God-given authority. I heard somebody this week say this. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I wondered at, 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 at... Bless their darling hearts. And I heard this this week. Well, do you understand that it's my diabetes? Oh, my God. I said, well, what you need to do is keep it then. I don't want it. If you want to claim it, keep it. I said, well, it's my side pleurisy. Or my heart condition. They, they, they take ownership of their sickness. It's like, bless God, it's mine. And, and, and I go to the doctor, and I get these prescriptions, and they load me up, and I feel good, like James Brown. It's mine. No, it ain't mine. It has no authority to live in my body. And we come to the point where sickness has no authority in my body. You look at your billfold. Lack has no authority in my wallet. I've been poor. I've been, I raised poor. I've been poor. I know what poor is. Poor is bad. But the blessings of God are better. And so we speak to those things with authority. And so what happens so many times, the devil bombards us with all of this stuff on us. And he keeps piling on. They want to just pile on more stuff. And here's what... And I look, thank God for doctors. I've had some doctors that, that's, done, that's done a lot of... I thank God for doctors. That they're God-given doctors. And if you go to the doctor, for God's sake, don't stop. I would challenge you to just come to the good doctor. But I thank God. But so many times, the, 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 the doctors want to agree with you about your problem. 
I was raised with, with, with my, my mama's had seven sisters. All of them loved sickness. They just loved it. I mean, you know, my, my aunt that, 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 that raised me, I'd go most, most time in the mornings, she had a, 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 a towel around her head. I didn't even know what it was. It's side pleurisy. I don't even know what it is. I mean, I, I guess they got another name for it now. But she said, you know, my side pleurisy is hurting. And, uh, I got, and I'm sure that she was sick. But see, they went to a church that didn't talk nothing about faith. If you don't hear, faith comes by hearing. If you don't hear, you'll start sick. But thank God you can get somewhere and hear something that, you know, I said, you may think I'm a nut. I'd try the nut. If nothing worked, I'd at least try the nut. It may work. I mean, if you get desperate enough, you'll try a nut. Years ago, um, uh, A. Allen, y'all don't don't know who he was, Jerry, Brother Jerry does, but he was he was a healing evangelist in the 30s and 40s. A. A. Allen, you can read up on him on on uh, Google. A. A. Allen got charged with practicing medicine without a license. He had so many healings, uh, Brother Jerry. Have you ever heard that? He had so many healings in his evangelistic meeting that the government charged him with operating without a medical license. So I just believe God. That's all, that's all I've got to believe. I just believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And thank God I'm going to keep on seeking Him. Till the day I die, I just believe on sickness. But, but your sickness that's in your body is not supposed to be there. Now, I know that we're getting old and things happen in our body. I understand all that. And I understand that people have problems. I understand that. But at least I'd like to have a few good days. Maybe Jesus will give me one or two. But faith is for those who really believe that God can do something for you. And you people that's been in this church long enough know and have seen God do miraculous things in this church. Just a little church up on the hill that just believe that, that, that Jesus is still a healer, that He's still a deliverer. Here's the thing with most people. Most people, and I'm not saying none of you people. I'm saying most people love their sickness. It's a crutch for them. It's a pity party. They want people to say, "Oh, bless your heart." You know what I want to do to people like that? I want to come up and I want to slap them right upside the head, and I, I, I say. You big dummy. Have you ever read the Word? Well, now, Brother Herb, you just don't know. Mama had this. Aunt Sally had this. And I, I guess it's a hereditary. i tell you what's hereditary. Dummies. 
That's hereditary too. I mean, there's people that come from a long line of dummies. Daddy was a dummy. Uncle Henry was a dummy. His granddaddy was a dummy. We all come from dummies. There comes a time that there's got to be some dummy come out of the, back of the patch, bless God, and believe God. Well, Roy, say something for me. I'm going to pray for a lady this morning, believe it or not, that the doctor done said they're going to cut off her toes. Well, I, I don't know how to cut them off, but uh, put a pin in all of her toes. Now, who would want that? Have I got one in here would like to, like that? Well, thank you, Bob. I would send you to their, her doctor. Uh, uh. Well, let's stand this morning. God bless you. Hope I've helped you this morning and encouraged you this morning. We're going to hook up and believe God bless God.